Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. We are outside. We're doing it on the outside office here at Barnes University Manor, Barnes University Studios, whatever you like to call it. We're outside. You guys are going to hear the nature, the sound of nature, the back tones of of the wild. Um, But in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans as is and how analytically do they match up or project for the 2021 season? Um, we have at quarterback Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Kaiser, and Logan Woodside running back Derrick Henry, Brian Hill, Darrington Evans, wide receiver AJ Brown, Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick, um, um, Marcus Johnson, you know. Um, Guys like that, tight end, you have Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swain, Lyman, Taylor Luan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Dylan Radins, Kendall Lamb, um, you know, defensive end, Rashad Weaver, uh, you know, Danico Autry, defensive tackle, Tierra Tart, Dalen Mack, Woodrow Hamilton, other end or slash D tackle, whatever you want to call it, Jeffrey Simmons, um, Lero Murchison, you know, edge guys or, or outside linebacker slash linebacker, Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry, um, Bud Dupree. Then you have cornerback Kayla Farley, um, Christian Fulton. Jack Rabbit Jenkins, safety, Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, uh, Matthias Farley, uh, you know, and Brady Breeze, if you want to throw him in there, Dane Crookshank, you know, special teams kicker, you got Blake Hobbill, punter, uh, Brett Kern. So this is the roster that you have. And by the way, I did that with no paper in front of me. That's off the top of the dome. Um, you know, just for homework purposes, but you know, this team right now is a team that on paper, you can have whatever opinion you want to have on them. Even if from an optimistic point, you come to a conclusion that they're not a bad team. It could be worse. I understand that mindset, but then when you put on, you know, the tape and then just try to look at these play players from from an individual perspective and then looking at how they mesh as a team after doing the analytics their team quotient score and if you follow the podcast you know that i've done my own uh analytical report on the titans back in march mid-march on my own roster construction drafting guys like rashad bateman Dwayne eskridge and Jonathan Adams and, you know, uh, you know, Elijah Molden has always been a guy that I would draft it. So the Titans kind of mimic that, um, you know, tight end Trey McKitty, you know, the, the, the team quotient compared to my offseason of signing multiple edge rushers as opposed to just one, um, you know, shared the same vision of signing Kevin Johnson and Danico Archery, getting that length on the defensive line and depth at cornerback. Um, so all that paired. Long story short, that team was able to have a high team quotient and the team that won the Super Bowl. Um, And also what's funny is the team quotient score is the same 
as the 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 last time a team won a championship with a top 10 offense and then a mid to below average defense which was the 2011 Giants what let me explain what team quotient scores are it's how well a team responds to adversity um you know how many times during these simulations do they come back from large deficits how do they close out out quarters how do they close out halves how do they do in late game situations um how do they do in short yardage situations um penalties all of these numbers are being projected um I have a buddy and along with myself that we run these numbers multiple times and we do it based off of yes the history of the player we also do it on based off age age projection how often has these have these players been being been injured so that that obviously affects statistics um other factors that go into it is just um you know just running these numbers of projections based off the talent and the reputation of players and uh that's really it and just and just really getting those simulations out there um for those that's wondering how do we come up with these numbers um it's just that there's a, some other stuff that we do that will keep close to the vest uh close to the chest whatever however that expression goes um but um you know one of the main things is that the team quotient for the for this team as is not in the barnes verse but currently right now that this team is a lot better than I thought it would be as far as how it's constructed, especially especially the secondary. The Tennessee Titans secondary is is a strength. However, one of the main hiccups they have on defense is pass rush still currently. Um, that is something that, you know, in my projection for the Titans, even with uh, signing multiple rushers, we're definitely better than this team, but there I didn't necessarily sign like a tremendous, like a top-end edge rusher. And it just goes to show how difficult it is to find that type of player, um, you know, really, realistically. The Tennessee Titans have one projected, and Bud Dupree actually had a good projected season um, through this analytical data. Um, but we also projected him to miss a couple games. Um, other guys that stood out on that defense was, um, Jayon Brown. He always seems to be a guy that flashes a lot. Um, you know, Caleb Farley, you know, is, is, he is a very huge piece to making everything work for the Titans. If he doesn't work, then the defense, then the defense is a lot worse than, than what it could be. I know that's a very generic and, 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 and uh, already understood, uh, assessment, but it is very true without Caleb Farley, him being able to, you know, play cat coverage and literally follow people across the field and, and show that physicality and that effort. I mean, hit, that projection is huge and critical to the Tennessee Titans success. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that kind of stood out throughout the analytical data. Um, Bud Dupree really did. Um, he was very, he was very surprising. I think his presence helped Harold, Harold Landry quite a bit. Um, who else really, really shined and showed up? Um, the analytical data with Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he's off and on. 
He's very inconsistent, but if he plays well, it could be extremely um, positive for the Titans. But when he doesn't play well, it's it 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 will remind you of days of old, and by that I mean the tw- 2020 Titans secondary. Um, let me think. Uh, offensively, you it is maybe some surprise to people, but Anthony Ferkser actually had like a standout season. Um, played very well. Um, he didn't have necessarily the touchdowns to show for it, but the yardage, the first downs converted, the catches. Anthony Ferkser is certainly a sleeper um, for this Tennessee Titans offense, and 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 we know what Ferkser can be. Um, there's even people in the fantasy space who who are already projecting Ferkser to be um, a high volume type of guy, and uh, I think that's true. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to jump people by surprise. But it's going to confirm um, that ideology. Um, I will have to say Derrick Henry regressed significantly um, because the offensive line, um, it's hard to to duplicate what they just did. Injury plays a part. Experience plays a part and all of that. And Derrick Henry will 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 suffer, quote unquote, for that. Will he have a decent season? Sure. But it won't be the season you know, and that's easy to say. I mean, a 2000 yard season, um, but the numbers are around anywhere from 1200 yards to 1400 yards. Um, best case scenario, a 1500 yard season. It's not going to be, you know, 1800, 1900 pushing on 2000 again. Um, Titans also find very little help outside of Derrick Henry in the run game. Um, Brian Hill will be a glorified Jeremy McNichol, so it's like um, that position is still blah. Um, wide receiver-wise, Des Fitzpatrick fits, fits perfectly in this offense. Um, the way he plays just fits. So the Tennessee Titans got that right in terms of how a player fits in a system as opposed to just getting a dynamic talent. So... What they gave up to get him um, is still a concern to me because there was so much talent on that day three. I don't think people understand. But at the same time, they did find a guy that will fit their system. Um, Who stood out? A.J. Brown, obviously, he did his thing. Um, Who stood out? Um, Dylan Radins, his, his projections. He didn't give up many sacks. Um, I have him not necessarily starting or, or winning the right tackle role. I think he he's probably going to be all over the place, especially in training camp. He's going to be in multiple places learning. Um, but then he does come in at right tackle at some point during the season in a lot of projections, and he does relatively well. Um, Quarterback-wise, uh, Ryan Tannehill is incredibly efficient. Um, he has some 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 bad games that he puts puts on tape, uh, so there is a slight regression there. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think this this offense is slightly less than what they've been. Maybe more so 2019 Titans, the first few games of T- Ryan Tannehill getting back at it, um, and that's what I said last year about the Titans, and they had the best offense that they've ever had. So. Those things bode well for the Titans overall, but I would say that 
you know, and like I said, I didn't go, I haven't done like a conclusive record or, or how far they will go or this, that, and the third. It's basically preliminary, almost like the preseason of analytics. So this is what this team could become, right? I think that they can become um, a top or a mid-tier offensive team. I don't think they're top 10. A mid-tier getting close to the top 10. And defensively, um, sacks are, are still going to be hard to come by. But the secondary is strong. If they can get, you know, some pressure and more sacks consistently, it, it could really change the game. But the secondary is the strength of this team, which when you talk about trying to correct a, a problem or a wrong, the Tennessee Titans got to give them uh, the credit because they, they, they've done what they could to correct that the best way that they know how. Now, obviously, we know we talked about Julio Jones in the previous podcast. So the Tennessee Titans uh, may get Julio Jones. They may sign Zach Ertz. I don't hear much about them signing another edge rusher, which obviously the analytical data shows that it could really be a game changer for them. But let's say they get Julio. You know, I haven't put in that data. Um, but let's say if he has the same pro- pro- production, that drastically changes um, what they could become. It, it, it drastically changes it. But at the same time, People have to recognize that we're not no season, no two seasons are the same. And data shows, statistics show that each year offensively, the NFL is getting more dynamic, scoring more points. So that means that whereas in the past, you know, a lackluster defense could find a way because their offense would overpower somebody. Now, almost every offense is going to be potent. So you either have to have an offense so potent that it just blows how you play defensively out the water, or you got to have a very good defense, all-star team type of uh, effort and continuity and talent on your defense. I'm more of the ideology, yes, I want both, but I've seen, I've seen in particular, I've seen games come down to one great defensive stop as opposed to one great offensive play. I've seen the defensive stop happen more more times than not um, with great defenses. Um, so, it also feels like, feel like defense caters and, and, and is more, um, more of a representation of the sport of football defense the physicality that comes with it if i think if if offensive players had to play defense and if they did it younger if they if they played it enough and then they transitioned to offense it would have made them a better offensive player because they're a more physical player whereas if you do the opposite someone plays offense their whole life and then goes to the defensive side there's going to take some extreme adjustments to the physicality of the game so you know Tennessee Titans you add a few more pieces on offense that obviously improves and helps everybody else. But when you look at individual position groups, there's still going to be some suffrage. Um, but defensively, they desperately need more pass rushers, more dynamic pass rushers to pair with this 
dare I say, elite secondary. And it's all predicated on Caleb Farley's health. If he's healthy, it is a very good-looking secondary. Not going to lie. It's a good-looking secondary. Give kudos. Give credit. It's a solid secondary. Um, You know, ball production is going to be there. PBUs is going to be there if everybody's healthy. Um, It's just, you know, linebackers play well. Um, you know, and like I said, Ferkser is a guy that stood out. Des Fitzpatrick was a guy that stood out. Um, for whatever reason, Josh Reynolds isn't showing up very well on projections. I don't know if it's because of, I don't know. It's just that, you know, he's very spotty. Um, but other than that, you know, I think it's a solid team. It doesn't, for the fans that might be a little bit more on the cynical side, it doesn't seem that way. There's a lot of inexperience, blah, blah, blah. The team quotient takes a, takes a while to gel. And you don't want to, that's, that's what you kind of fear. You don't want it to be a situation where it takes too long for the team to gel. I'm talking like week eight, week nine, you know, week 11 at the latest where this team is trying to find itself still and, and try to get that team quotient score or that team continuity to a place. And, you know, some teams find it that late and they ride the wave. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the only thing is, a lot of times you suffer losses while trying to find that. And you and you remove yourself from certain ideal positioning within the playoff picture and things like that. So with that being said, like, you know, without making this way too long, the Tennessee Titans are, are a solidly, solidly built team. Um even more so than on paper indicates, but there are significant um, um, uh, availabilities um, within their roster that need needs to be filled. Like it's it's like you know they they should they should put out some you know some four hires and some um, you know job position openings for an edge rusher on LinkedIn and hopefully one of them comes and is interested and puts in an application because, you know, even with Bud Dupree having a solid season and, you know, Harold Landry, you know, piggybacking off of that, you know, and, uh, you know, Big Jeff and, you know, the cyborg and, you know, Danico Archery, it's going to be okay but it could be so much better. And I'm talking like seven and a half sacks for Bud Dupree. I'm talking six sacks for um, Harold Landry. You know, um, the, the the and one thing that I've noticed is I'd rather have a pass rush than have like a super talented secondary because those are the guys that's closer to the quarterback that's going to affect him a lot sooner. Um, and you see it firsthand with this Tennessee Titans defense. They have a great secondary but they just don't get home as consistently as possible you have about 14 14 to 18 sacks between Landry and Dupree and then outside of them you get some spot duty here and there that's still not enough like you need 40 plus sacks to like be a legitimate pressure team um, that I've seen like when, when you're around that 40 sack range as a team when the season's, you know, all said and done, that means that you kind of did your job. You did a good job. And too often with this team, they, they, they're they stuck in in the 30s. Um, 
barely scratching the 30s at times. Um, get in some pressures. We'll give them that. Um, but you got to get home in order to seal the deal in a lot of these games. So with that being said, that's your spiel for the Tennessee Titans as is. More so preliminary. Um, not projecting their record quite yet. Um, but overall as a team, very well put together team. Just missing that for a tell as old as time, the dynamic. The dynamism and certain areas um, that's going to push them over the edge that with, you know, a little bit of a tweak of the roster dynamics, you could have attained and acquired some of these players um, to kind of fill out the roster. But like I said, to, to be in this position as is with the possibilities of training camp cuts, trades and stuff like that, it's not the worst place to be in for the Tennessee Titans. There's a lot of optimism Um to be had for this team so that's a good thing for fans so um thanks for uh keeping up with me thanks for listening to the podcast like subscribe share whatever this uh platform does and uh, i will see you on the next one